Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I'm your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hey, leaders, Andrew McPeak here. Joining me, of course, Dr. Tim Elmore. And Tim, today we've got a conversation that honestly has been a long time coming because this is content you wrote years ago, mm-hmm. but we're bringing it back up because it's just as important today of a conversation as it was years ago. If not more so. Yeah. I think this was an article that was maybe the top three articles yeah. ever read that we have posted because so many coaches, parents, teachers have kids. And this is a performance generation. We're performing somewhere, a stage, a field, a pool. So and true. we just don't quite know how to lead our kids in these performances sometimes. Yeah. And that's becoming especially apparent on the sidelines. Yes, it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I was thinking back, Andrew, I, you and I both played sports yeah. uh, a little bit. Um, I was a sports nut. I wasn't great, but I loved every sport. One of my favorite sports was Little League Baseball. Uh-huh. So our sponsor was Munchen's, Bob Munchen's Furniture. So it was Munchen's <laughs> Mustangs. I know, I know. Not Munchkins. That was our, we were called Munchkins. I just love uh, that they always find a way to alliterate those things. Yeah, too, that's right. You know? Munchen's, Munchen's Mustangs. Mustangs. Not Tigers. That's right. Yeah. So um, I I played first base in outfield okay. and um, we went through the whole season and we never won a game. <laughs> One season. This is not funny. This is not funny. Not one game. So 0 and 11. And my parents would, would come. Most, most of the time, my mom was there. Sometimes both parents were there. And um, I loved, looking back now, I loved listening to them converse after the game. They wanted to be encouraging. My mom was so encouraging, so hopeful, yep. so optimistic. Yep. But we had lost every game. <laughs> And sometimes what do you not, say, you not know? one good thing happened. Yeah. So we're, we're playing it. And mom was not going to lie. She wasn't going to go, man, you did awesome today. Because I didn't do awesome. Yeah. She said, wow, wasn't the weather beautiful today? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's as good as it got. You know, obviously, I, that was the best she could pull it's out. So, so funny. Do you have any memories? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I grew up, I played one, um, uh, one bout of t-ball. I okay. think I was super young. But my yeah. big sport was... Soccer, of yeah, course. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I was always playing soccer. I I did my best. I do remember I had one really good year. I mean, okay. I think I, I was okay, but it was YMCA soccer, so everybody was yeah. okay. Yeah. But I had one really good year. I played on the Fireballs. Okay. And uh, there was uh, there was one series where I we kicked off. I took the ball all the way down and scored, and then I did it again two more times. Oh wow! And my coach, wanting to make it fair, this is YMCA. Pulls me out of the game oh, after that. Yeah, they were you've like, done too well. Too well. Yeah, right. you're gonna have to be out. So yeah, I mean, I think my parents tried to be encouraging in that, but it is really interesting. Like as we perform poorly yeah. or well, it's sometimes difficult to know what do I say. That's very true. So now you're bringing back another memory. We, you know, this. We have the privilege of working with a number of um, Division One college athletic departments, yeah. as well as professional teams. A number of years ago, I, five or six years ago, I remember being up in New York mm-hmm. with the New York. Uh, Giants. Okay. Uh, David Tyree was their director of player in, uh, performance and engagement. Guy. Great love guy. Him. We love yeah. him. Yeah. And Tom Coughlin was still the head coach of the New York Giants. So in a Q&A session with the coaches, Tom raises his hand. Here's this legendary coach that's as old as the hills, yeah. you know. And he says, I got a question. And I said, sure, you know. And he says, I just went to my grandson's football game, peewee football game, you know. And he said, after the game, we had lost horribly. And he said, we all, all got in the minivan. So my son and then his 
sons, my grandsons, and then me in the back seat. He said, I couldn't believe it. My son was raving about how wonderful they were. <laughs> he said, I thought to myself, that was a horrible game. You guys did lousy. This And I thought, that is so Tom Coughlin, just to tell it like it is. You yes. know? He is not one of those, you're awesome. Nope. Here's a trophy. Nope. No trophies coming. Nobody probably day. got too much warmth from him no, on sir. the sidelines. No, no, not, not uh, anybody. Yeah. yeah. It does bring up an important question, though, right? Because I think there are the kinds of leaders out there, and oftentimes it's generational, right? There's that leader out there who's more the Tom Coughlin, and yeah. he wants to yell from yeah. the sidelines and tell yeah. people that they were horrible and they <clears> need to get in shape. And then there's the kind of like lovey-dovey, our kids need yeah. encouragement, all those kinds of things. And it sort yeah. of leaves you, I think, often feeling like you're in between those two yeah. things. Like, what does it actually look like yeah. to uh, make good suggestions, or what is the right thing to say in, in cir circumstances like that? And I think parents are starting to get pushback. I don't think I know, because as we work with um, a number of Division One college programs, the coaches will say, "Yeah, I just, I just am now talking back to the mom who's incessantly texting me on her phone on how to encourage her gymnast daughter, yeah, or how to do this or how to do that." And of course, they're they're a professional coach; they're yeah. getting a good salary doing what they do. But um, I think parents are beginning to realize maybe that wasn't the right thing I just did. So what do I do? How do I be a good leader for my kids in this day where it's you're either doing too much or too little? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think um, as we have this conversation, I think one of the great challenges, whether you're a coach on the sideline or whomever, as you're working with student athletes, it, it's just difficult to know as these issues are surfacing, uh, how do I talk to the athlete? How do I talk to the parent? How do I uh, do all of this? And I, I know that these are conversations you're having every single day. Yeah. Well, when I talk to coaches, they're saying, I have dads that are calling me about their son's playing time. Yeah, it's not been enough. Uh, they're 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 telling me how to encourage or what to say to their son or daughter, um, and 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 then how to coach them when they're injured, their torn ligament. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. and certainly they're parents. But I, I think this podcast today is for coaches, it's for parents, it's for leaders, teachers, anybody that's in the midst of the of the child's world and wondering what's the healthiest thing to say so that at the end of their childhood, they're merging into adulthood, they've been mentored well by all on all fronts. That's also, my goal. It's also safe to say, isn't it, that when we say as our kids perform, right, how to lead well as kids perform, we're not just talking about athletics. Yeah, here. that's, that's right. the easy. That's the kind of low hanging fruit in this conversation. Yeah. But performance is happening every single day in the oh classroom, yep. in clubs and uh, all kinds of situations. May I add on the stage? Please, so yeah. My wife helped start a community theater program in Atlanta, and both of our kids were part of it. So I had thespians. My son was more of a mathlete than an athlete, <laughs> but uh, but he was a, he was a thespian. Yeah, that's I great. watched these drama, these theater dramas, and I thought, oh my gosh, the kids would be fine if it wasn't for the moms and dads. Yeah. I mean, I, I had phrases I would say, <laughs> tongue in cheek, let's keep the drama on the stage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or let's try to act like grown-up adults, you know? And of course, that was my, that probably wasn't helpful at You're all. You're using humor to handle that's the situation. That's right. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's my coping mechanism. Yes. But the point is, everybody listening will go, I know people like that, or I look in the mirror and I see someone like that. Yeah. So today, let's get down to business. What do we say when our kids perform? What are the healthy things we can say? Yeah. Now, I want to add one thing before we get into the answer. And here's the dilemma. In case listeners, you're you're hearing this and you're going, I, I don't know if there's a big dilemma in my community. 
when we talk to student athletes, Ooh, they yeah. tell us otherwise. Uh -huh. They'll say, my mom and dad has no idea that I feel this way, or I, I'm a I don't even know how I'd tell them. That's yeah. right. I don't, I don't think I could. But I, I wrote down some statements that we're hearing from student athletes. One is uh, a young lady said, I love my mom. But when she does this, I get the feeling she just doesn't trust me. Mm. Interesting. Another one said, my parents are great, but I feel like I have multiple coaches telling me what to do, and I get stressed over it. Yeah. So it's not just one coach, it's maybe five coaches. Number three, I, I had a student athlete say this, I'm getting blackballed by my teammates because my mother keeps texting me and my coach to give suggestions. I wish she would just chill. Yeah. She's doing a bunch of stuff I didn't ask her to do. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, another student athlete said, I feel like I'm never quite good enough. I can never fully please my parents. Now, the parent would hear this and go, I can't believe they'd say that. I was just trying to encourage them. Yeah. But yeah, it's that armchair quarterback on the drive home after the game. The student's paralyzed because they're going, good God, I'm going to hear another you know, armchair quarterback and it's my dad or yeah. my mom. Yep. And what they really want to hear is something besides, now what you should have done is turn left and then <laughs> kick the ball. And and sometimes they've already got five voices saying those kinds it's of things. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And we want our kids... Uh, to feel the love from us, which is, this is what's creating the challenge. This is the whole yeah. reason we're having this conversation is yeah. how do, how can I be a voice of encouragement, but also advice because we could be talking about a mom or a dad who played that sport professionally, yeah. right? Yeah. Or at least played all the way through college. <clears throat> and so maybe the advice they're giving is actually really helpful and practical. Right. That's not really the problem, right? Yeah. The problem is how we're communicating the posture we're taking and really the role that we're taking. Like I know you talk about yes. the difference, for instance, between yeah. the supervisor and the consultant. Yeah. Maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah. So as our children move from K through 12 in their education, kindergarten yeah. all the way to, to 12th grade and they're off to college, as adults, I might add, yeah. I think college starts at about 18. Yeah. Um, I really do believe the transition in our adult role is to move from supervisor, where we're on them every day, to consultant, where we're now saying, I'll be glad to speak into your life, but I'll wait for you to ask. That's been hard. My, my wife and I both have adult children, and she will readily say it is much more difficult to parent adult children than children. Yep. Because you have less control and, you know, you you kind of say, please ask me. I, I wish you wouldn't have done that with your bank account, you know, or whatever. Yep. So now, and we have a lot of talks. We talk each other off the ledge. But the point is, I really want to encourage you, if you're a parent listening, maybe you have other roles too. Uh, you, as your child gets older, you should um, proportionally move away from the direct Tell, 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 yes. scream, 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 bark, bark, bark to a consultant who's saying, sweetheart, I think you know what to do. Feel free to uh, yep. consult with me, but um, I'm going to let you be your own person now. Yeah, that's great. So we're sort of owning that role as we transition yeah. from one to the other. The metaphor I like to give, I've given it before, but it's been years. I really believe a great picture of what I'm talking about is teaching a young child how to ride a bike. Yeah. So you all know if you've ever had a child or maybe, you know, you're thinking about your own childhood. When you first saw other kids on bikes, you wanted to grab one. Mm -hmm. But the first bike you had didn't just have two wheels. It had- Four, yeah, training okay. wheels. Well, well, even before that, it had three wheels. Oh, right, of course, yeah. So you start with a tricycle. It's almost impossible to fall off. Some do, but it's almost impossible <laughs> it's to fall off. It's very difficult. Because yes. there's two wheels on the back. But eventually you go, I'm too big for this. I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I want- the 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 two wheel bike, but you don't even just transition to two wheel. It's four. There's yeah. the training wheels. You that happens for months, 
And eventually the adult parent knows they need to take those training wheels off and then kind of guide them along as they learn to balance. And I believe at that point, our leadership is best summarized with two pieces, two ingredients, support and letting go, Mm. support and letting go. Sometimes we get the support part now, we're not letting go. And sometimes we let go too quick and we don't really support them. So yeah. this, the goal of this conversation, and now that we're going to get into this solution here, is, is how do we do both? So the metaphor the here, of course, is uh, watching a teenager, very grown up, yeah. going down the sidewalk on his or her bike, and mom's running after going, yes. keep pedaling, that's keep right. pedaling. That's, and that's like, right. I learned to do this a long time that's ago, That's right, mom. mom, you need to shut up. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, yeah. this is so good. You've got some great advice for us uh, that we're going to get to, but we're also going to take a quick break. We've got a great resource we want to tell you guys about uh, that fits perfectly with today's conversation. So let's check it out. Hey, parents, Andrew here. I want to talk to you about a resource we have called 12 Huge Mistakes Parents Can Avoid. We know, as a parent, you're deeply committed to helping your kids succeed. You're doing your best to raise healthy children, but sometimes you probably wonder, am I really helping them? If you feel this way, you're not alone. Parenting today is hard. In this resource, Dr. Tim Elmore shows you how to avoid 12 critical mistakes 21st century parents often unintentionally make. He also outlines practical and effective parenting skills you can use to get back on the right track. Pick up a copy of 12 Huge Mistakes Parents Can Avoid Today at growingleaders.com store. All right, so we're back. Let's get really practical. What do we actually say when our kids are performing? What's the right language in this yeah. situation? So we decided because we work with literally thousands of student athletes and yeah. their coaches across the country, we began to ask students, kids, what what do they want to hear from adults? What is it? And 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 we knew that they might have wacko ideas. Maybe that's you know, here's a million dollars. They're not going to say that, okay? <laughs> but um, we ended up uh, in our research finding out some wonderful statements that they would prefer caring adults say before the game or the match or the meet, and then things to say after the game, the uh, match. Yeah, so I'll good. jump right in. Yeah. So before the competition, there's three key statements that are just healthy mentally, yes. as well as encouraging uh, for, for the, the, the kid. So here are the three. Before the competition, say, have fun, mm-hmm. play hard, mm-hmm. I love you. It's good. No, no armchair quarterback. Don't say, don't forget the, the yeah. you know, the option play out there. Exactly. Have fun. Play hard. I love you. After the competition, three great statements to make are, did you have fun? I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. And I love you. Now, what I love about this is it's so contrary to my predisposition yeah who, you know, I love to coach. I want to teach. I want to equip. I want to train. Here's how we can get better. That's right. Exactly. And my son and daughter don't need that from me, at least right then. Yes. Maybe debrief the next day. Maybe they've settled. The emotions are settled from the horrible game, the amazing game. Mm -hmm. But those three things somehow settle into their mental framework in a marvelous way. Yeah. So let me just say one more time for before it's have fun, play hard. I love you. After, did you have fun? I'm proud of you. I love you. Yeah. Uh, just amazing but simple direction for an adult that probably has either overfunctioned 
or underfunctioned. Yeah, it's really uh, kind of perfect because I mean, this the language you're using is coming back to the foundation of the parent child yeah. relationship, yes. right? Yeah, that's this right. Is a, these are identity statements. Like, I love you. I'm proud of you. Those kinds of things yeah. are saying, yeah. there is nothing you could do performance wise that's going to change our relationship. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so we want to make sure if, and this is what I ultimately hear you saying, if a kid comes off of a sports field and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is some advice about yeah. what they should have done yeah. differently, it's very easy, especially for a young undeveloped brain to hear that as mm -hmm. I would, my love is conditional that's based right. on your, your uh, performance. Basically. I have a great example of that. Uh, years ago, I was on one of our Growing Leaders trips, and I had some time on a Saturday afternoon before getting to the event mm -hmm. that night. I think I was in Illinois, but I didn't know a soul. Yeah. But I was driving by, and I saw a bunch of baseball fields, and I saw a Little League game. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to sit down for 30 oh, cool. minutes yeah. and just watch these boys play. It was a clinic on what not to do. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. And I can say that because I don't know a soul out yeah. there. I sat in the grandstands. And one poor little kid walked up, probably eight or nine years old, and I could tell he was feeling a little bit um, iffy mm -hmm. on his... He didn't feel any agency in the batter's box. Can yeah, I say it that way? Yeah. Now, I could hear the third base coach yelling at him, and I later found out it was his dad, uh, which was not good. Yeah. You know? Now, sometimes dad's coach... In fact, a lot of times dad coach, but yeah. this coach was just overbearing. So he's screaming at his son, screaming at his, screaming at his son. So um, the son steps into the batter's box. He's already a little bit squeamish. Strike one, strike two, strike three. Three, out, three strikes swinging. He tried. He swung his bat. Yeah. But his, his, his dad was not happy. Mm -hmm. And his dad starts slowly but surely marching in, just screaming obscenities. Really? Now, it's not, the boy's not 24. The boy's not 18. He's eight or nine. Wow. And the dad's just cussing him out. And I thought, what are you doing? Yeah. Did the son do well? No, he didn't do it. He struck out. But he doesn't need you pretending he's, you know, Albert yeah. Pujols, yeah. Uh, you know, up and just yelling. And, and you could see the little boy just shrinking yeah. almost physically. And the little boy, so to speak, tucked his tail between his legs, walked into the dugout, just wanting everybody to go away. He wanted to crawl in a hole. Yeah. Had it been there, he would have no crawled wonder. into it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just kind of grieving for this poor little kid that I don't even know. And I'm wanting to give a little counsel to the father. <laughs> I didn't. I waited in the grandstands. And here's what happened next. A couple innings go by. This same kid comes up to the plate. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, don't make it worse, Dad. Dad's still at third base on, uh, you know, coaching. Well, this time the boy swings at the ball. And you know how little league is. Sometimes you accidentally... Hit the ball. Yeah. And that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened. He swung and I mean, he probably had his eyes shut, but it, he hit the ball. Well, you know how little league is when you're eight years old. Nobody gets it. You know, it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. So this little kid rounds first, rounds second, rounds third. He's coming in, slides in home plate just ahead of the throw because it took them, you know, they had to find the ball yeah, out exactly. there in left field. Yeah. Nobody was paying attention. Yeah. That's right. The little boy gets up. What's he do? First thing he does is look down. What's dad saying? This time, the dad is standing in the in the co coach's box, just standing. He's not walking toward the boy. He's just standing there saying, come to me, arms out, open wide. Now, that's good, except for what you just said. Basically, he's saying, you do poorly, you're going to get chewed out. Yep. You do okay, now I love you, you yep. come and get your hug. Yep. And I'm only just one, I'm wondering two things. Number one, that kid's going to grow up one day and probably not play Major League Baseball. Yep. He'll probably be a software programmer somewhere. Yep. And, and next, 
this dad has communicated the affirmation is all conditional. If you're good enough, I'll love you. If you're not, you're not. Yeah. Now, I realize that's an extreme. But listeners, I know you know this. You know someone, you've seen someone, or you are that someone yeah. that's unwittingly and accidentally communicated that to your kids. So huge. This is such an important conversation, I think, because there are maybe some listeners who are thinking, boy, this is exactly the message that I need to be yeah. communicating to my kids. So Tim, you have um, a phrase actually, just, I think it's just six words, mm -hmm. uh, that is really an important message ultimately that we need to be getting to our kids in these conversations. I do. I love this phrase and I can say that because I didn't actually originate it. Uh, after decades of work with athletes, Bruce Brown and Rob Miller uh, came up with this phrase and began to test it. And the student athletes said, ah, that's so good. And that's what I want to hear. So listeners, these are six simple words that if you had one phrase to say to your performer on the stage, on the field, in the pool, on the court, after a match or a meet or a show, uh, it would be these simple words. I love to watch you play. Mm. I'm going to say it again. I love to watch you play. Now, you know what I love about that? It's not a commentary on how well they did. Yep. You're not saying, now they couldn't say, if it was a good game, they'd go, he really thought I was good. Yeah. But if it wasn't a good game, it's okay. Yeah. I just love, Andrew, if I was your dad, I just love watching you play that soccer game. It was so fun. You're having a blast, aren't you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, dad, I am. And then now you're in a posture, did I, should have I done something in the th third quarter? Yeah. You know, oh, you, well, I, I tell you what I might've done. Yeah. But it's now it's open. It's not, you're leading with, can I improve you? Yeah. Um, and by the way, I might add spouses feel this way. Yes. Can you just say I love to watch you rather than now, you know, your shirt was wrinkled, yes. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Not that I've ever, ever heard that from no, my wife. No, of course not. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm not <laughs> yes. saying. Hopefully Pam's not listening. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when I learned this, I reflected on the years our own kids, I have adult children, yeah. competed in sports, recitals, theatrical plays, and practices. Uh, far too often, I wanted to play the role of this I don't know what I was, but I added more stress. Yeah. And I was trying to help. That's it. My intention was to help, yep. but I really hindered yep. their emotional connection with me. Uh, they didn't want to see me afterwards, perhaps. I don't yeah. know, but because they, oh, the last thing I need is to hear more habitudes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? That, I'm sure there's a habitude that's for right. what there I did wrong up there. There must yes. have been, yeah. So I really, in fact, I'll close this way. Um, I, I really learned over the years as they moved from K all the way to high school, what I need to do is I need to, to love them as a dad. They'll have many coaches in their career. They'll only have one dad. Yeah. So um, that's my, that's my just encouragement for listeners today. Keep in mind what your primary role is and let's play that role. This is awesome. Such a great conversation. Thank you so much, Tim, for leading us. Thank you guys for listening. I know this could be a challenging one, especially if you feel like this really applies to you. Uh, but I just want to encourage you uh, to kind of just think about, think mm -hmm. on these things yeah. and uh, think about how they might apply. Uh, as you heard earlier, uh, if you're looking for a really great resource where you can begin to sort of uh, contend with some of these realities, if you haven't read it yet, 12 Huge Mistakes Parents Can Avoid is a book that Tim wrote. It's a fantastic resource, helping parents step into the correct role mm -hmm. as they're helping their kids, not just become great kids, but also become one day great future yeah. adults, right? Because yeah. that's who we're really leading. Uh, if you're an educator listening and you're thinking, where exactly does my role as yeah. an educator play in these conversations? We would really commend to you our tool Habitudes. Mm -hmm. It's all about having these exact same kinds of conversations yeah. where we're encouraging kids and helping them discover their strengths and all of those things. In fact, I think back to a uh, 
conversation uh, I had with uh, a school and they said one of the best things about Habitudes is it has vastly improved the student teacher relationships yeah. in our schools. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's one of the greatest things it does is it provides opportunity for conversation. So check out Habitudes for social and emotional learning. All you got to do is go to growingleaders.com, click on Habitudes. You can find out more. Um, we would love to have you check that out. And if you're sitting in the role of an educator, that may be the perfect resource uh, to have these conversations in the classroom. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you found this episode helpful, we invite you to share it with a friend, pass it to somebody that you know. Um, we would really appreciate that. If you want to follow us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you've got ideas for this podcast, maybe uh, subjects you think we should cover or stories we should read or look at in the news, or uh, maybe somebody you think we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. Tim, thank you again for leading us in this conversation. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.